0: Healthcare is challenging, and that's why you do it because it is challenging and it is rewarding. But you just have to be consistent every day, and you'll be okay.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Radiology Report Podcast, where we are having conversations with the leaders transforming radiology today. You can find us on radiologyreportpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Daniel Arnold. I am so excited to welcome Joe Marino, CEO of Open Doctor, to the show. Joe joined Open Doctor to lead the company's sales, business development, partnerships, and marketing programs, and then transitioned into his current role as chief executive officer in mid 2015. Joe brings over 20 years of experience in building businesses, creating culture, and driving positive outcomes at both startup and established companies. In his free time, Joe could be seen running along New York City's West Side pathways and coaching championship girls fast pitch softball. Joe, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, Daniel. It's great to be here.
1: So I'm very excited to talk to you, Joe. You and I got to know—I um, got to know your company several years ago, actually, before I really dove into MRI Online. Um, when we were looking at doing some consulting for medical imaging practices who were trying to implement Open Doctor, and so I've gotten to know your products as a as a consumer. Of them and and you know have always been fascinated by the space so I'm excited to have you on and and thank you for the time and I think you know our audience will benefit a lot hearing from how what it's like implementing enabling technology into the imaging workflows that we see so but before we dive into Open Doctor first just tell us a little bit about your career how, how did you end up in healthcare software and what ultimately led you to decide to join
0: Open Doctor that is a good question I've always had a preference or really a love for startups. I enjoy the process of building businesses versus being in larger organizations where it's much uh, more difficult to get things done, at least in my view. So, and I think that's true from a product standpoint and a personnel standpoint. So I start with the basis of smaller companies that need to grow. And I had just finished being CEO of an intellectual property firm that filed patents to uh, reduce the cost of those patents being filed internationally. And when that was finished after a successful exit, I was looking for something or an industry that could benefit from technology. And I was really kind of lucky that I tripped upon Open Doctor, and I knew a friend who knew somebody that was at the firm. And that's really how it started. And the more I learned about healthcare and their need for technology, the two were a perfect match.
1: Tell me more about this IP business. So is this a services business where, you know, I have a patent in the U.S. and then I'm saying, oh, I got to file it abroad or or was there some enabling technology in there?
0: You said it perfectly. It's uh, we had a platform that if I have a patent, I put that number in, I check off the countries where I'd like to file that patent internationally. The system would automatically do the word count, calculate the cost for the translation, the filing fees. All of that done within seconds. Whereas if you had to get a law firm to do that, it would be countless hours of billable mm. hours to do that. So we automated that process that allowed you to do it perhaps 50% cheaper than you could if you used your law firm.
1: Very cool. Very interesting business. So then you stumble on Open Doctor because of a friend. And what is Open Doctor?
0: So basically, we describe ourselves as a patient engagement, patient access firm with a focus, and this is the key point, in the radiology space. Uh, We had a pivot point somewhere around 2013 where we met a bunch of folks in radiology, and we decided that if we could schedule radiology, which is a 10 on the complexity scale, we certainly could schedule annual physicals. So we're basically helping our radiology clients allow patients to self-schedule. And then there's a bunch of services that happen after that patient schedules. But the big, the, really the magic is being able to schedule these complex appointments in real time.
1: Really interesting. So it sounds like the mission evolved a little bit from when you first joined When you first joined, were you guys a little broader, just kind of thinking about patient engagement tools, you know, across different industries of healthcare, and then you found this interesting problem in radiology and said, hey, there's some depth and complexity here.
0: That's exactly what happened is really the company was going down the path. Right about the time I joined, they were considering all types of appointments, healthcare appointments, pet appointments, a little bit of everything. And then as we started to narrow down the focus, we actually met people in radiology and realized, wow, this could be a game changer and it started out with just scheduling forms and reminders and now what's happened is everybody wants that full Amazon like experience so the early days and still today the most complex thing we do is the scheduling
1: we came about our business in the opposite approach which is we've we've only been in radiology but every day people ask me when are we expanding beyond radiology but radiology is like this onion, and the more you peel it, the more <laughs> more interesting layers you find. And so we have found plenty of depth and value for our customers by continuing to deepen our expertise in radiology. So I feel like you and I have come to similar conclusions about the industry. So for people unfamiliar with radiology, the idea that online scheduling is still not solved in 2022 would kind of blow everyone's minds. It certainly blew my mind. First of all, why is it complicated?
0: Well, I think the main difference is you're not scheduling, if you go for an annual physical, you're scheduling to see Dr. Daniel and you're going to have a 30-minute slot for that physical or maybe someone does a a 45-minute slot. In radiology, you're scheduling an MRI of the left knee with contrast in a specific room in a specific resource. So you're scheduling down to the resource level. So you have to build a, a product that can handle the logic that drives you to the right location and then drives you to the right exam in the right resource. So it's very complicated to do that because there's a bunch of workflows within radiology that are so different from all other uh, areas of healthcare.
1: When I remember when I was looking at this problem several years back, one of the other big challenges was the amount of information that you need from a patient. Is that something that you help collect, you know, remember it's, you know, if you've got metal in your body, it leads to a bunch of different questions, or if you have certain health risk factors, does that play into the sign up flow as well?
0: Exactly. So we try to make it easy in the beginning. What exam are you trying to schedule? Uh, what's your health insurance? So we understand how long it'll take to get the prior off. And then we work with our clients for each exam type to ask a series of questions that are qualifiers and disqualifiers. So what is your weight? Have you ever had metal in the eye? Are you pregnant? Things like that. And that logic will then go in the back end. And the patient doesn't know this. They're just answering normal questions. And once they answer those questions, the system says, okay, here are the locations that offer those exams in sequential order. Here are the resources and here are the times. So the pre-appointment questions, which we call them, are really the logic behind scheduling and really drive everything that happens you know after that so yes that's exactly what's happening you have to know which questions to ask just as if i called in we'd be asking some more questions
1: and i imagine each customer does this differently and then you have to hook into their different clinical workflow systems whether it's you know centricity for scheduling or whoever whoever they might use so do you integrate into various technology platforms that are then driving workflow for those imaging centers?
0: Correct. So we're system agnostic. So we're an interface into their risk system. So it, it, whatever risk system they have, we'll interface into that system so that we're sending real time messages to and from uh, the client and open Doctor. set so those Times that a patient sees are real times. Most of what you see in healthcare are really a request for an appointment. Give me a day or two, give me a time or two, and I'll schedule you, and then they start paying telephone tag. We're not doing that. We're similar to booking an airline ticket. If I select seat 14C, that's my seat. And that comes off of the web property that you were on, and it comes off of the airline's reservation system. Same thing here. We're taking it off of the risk, taking it off of Open Doctor or putting it on the risk, putting it on Open Doctor. And then of course, as you know, you have a lot of blocks and other things that complicate the schedule.
1: It sounds obvious to me that patients would want this, but is is that actually the case? Do we see that when, you know, someone implements an open doctor solution that a significant, like what percentage of them would start then doing their bookings online? Yeah.
0: So a lot of it is dependent on the client. How much are they marketing it? How much are they pushing it? But we'll see early results pretty quickly uh, around 10%. And then clients are now driving up to 30% going online. And we've just released some new products that help with those utilization numbers. So I think we're seeing, you know, upwards of 30% for some of our clients, which is good considering it's early days for healthcare scheduling of appointments.
1: For sure. I mean, I think that mirrors just like general e-commerce is around 30% post-pandemic. You know, I imagine I book most of my hotels online, but when you think about how early it is in the industry, 30% is a pretty big number. How did you end up as CEO? What was that journey like? Did did you always, I I was gonna ask if you always wanted to be a CEO, but I guess you were already a CEO before. So maybe
0: that was part of the plan all all along? It Really wasn't part of the plan <laughs> initially. You know, I came in because I I saw uh, really I thought it was a great opportunity to do something in healthcare and solve a problem that existed. So I wasn't really focused on being CEO because at a startup in healthcare you're really doing a little bit of everything. So you know, I really focused on delivering the message. Uh, you were just out there speaking to as many people as you can, even though, you know, they weren't ready for the product. And then what happened is the board decided that given my background in business and product and sales and marketing, it made sense for me to lead the effort because it, they realized it was going to be a, a monumental effort, given that it's healthcare, and they weren't ready to commit to self-scheduling. So that's when I took on the role of CEO. And
1: how did um COVID impact the business? Was this something where all of a sudden everyone needed some sort of digital scheduling solution was it was it a tailwind or you know did it kind of shut down any non-critical project? and so it became more more of a challenge to get in front of folks that how, how did that play out?
0: So I think a couple things happened uh, with the pandemic. I think one, it accelerated the use of technology by the general public all of a sudden you had a whole audience that had never Facetime, that never used Zoom, had never texted or sent documents or sent pictures over. So it, from a consumer standpoint, they became more aware of technology and what it can do for them in healthcare. From a client standpoint, it became essential that they found ways to interact with the client contactless. And that's so it helped our business. Mm. Mm-hmm. even though you still had the healthcare cycle of buying and decision-making to live with, it really accelerated. So we were giving away certain products for free to have uh, wait weight in your car technology so that when you arrived at the location, you would receive a text and then we would send that message to the front desk. And then when they were ready to see you, they would send a text back. So it accelerated the idea that hey, we have to do things where we now have a digital waiting room and not uh, a waiting room full of people standing close together.
1: So it sounds like getting people more accustomed to these online digital tools and ways of booking is probably putting some pressure on the existing healthcare systems to adapt. What are some of the challenges that you're hearing from your customers that Open Doctor can help them solve?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest challenge, and it's probably no surprise, is that it's increasingly difficult to hire, uh, retain, and train staff, period. And that puts an enormous amount of stress on those that are there to have to do you know, three jobs. So if you think about technology and how you can help that problem, it's like going to Whole Foods these days. There are no there are very few humans that will check you out. Everything's done by self-service. So I think the inability to hire and even train, because with Open Doctor, if you're a scheduler using us, you don't have to remember which machine has a weight limit, which machine is contrast, what hours the doctor's in, Everything's done for you. You just ask questions, fill in the answers, and the system does its thing. So I think that's going to be the biggest challenge that we're seeing is how do they get efficient? And we're starting to see this at a rapid pace of people saying, wait a minute, I have to solve this problem because I don't think that's going away in the economy anyway.
1: Yeah, no, it's um, when unemployment was not fully tapped, it often was an easier solution for folks to just hire another person than it was to integrate technology because technology can be cheaper than a person like on a, you know, hourly basis, but integrating technology is hard. (laughs) It's just like, it's a hard project. You usually have the smartest people in the company have to come together to figure out how to implement it, right? And you get your head of IT, your head of operations come together, you got to do a lot of work. And so to rise to the top when, you know, you've got an existing workflow and, you know, you could just hire another person who could do it. Oftentimes the math doesn't work out, but when there's no more people left to hire, that's not an option. So it's sort of counterintuitive that this full employment now is driving the drive to automation. You know, Everyone was talking about the drive to automation maybe a half a decade ago, but now it sounds like the, the moment has come.
0: The moment has come and, and it takes time, as you say, to implement this and to get it going. And look at if I always, this is my favorite example. If you go to an airport and there's 300 people boarding the plane, three people have a paper boarding pass. <laughs> if you, if you uh, the three people you're all staring at, if you go back a year and a half, maybe two years, probably more than half had yeah. had a paper, right? So yep. it, there will be a, a tipping point where this is just common for everyone, but it has to start with the health systems having the mindset that we're going digital, just like every other industry has done. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's it's still just so counterintuitive that it would be such an effort to implement online scheduling because you think about, you know, I could open a restaurant tomorrow and hook into OpenTable and I bet it wouldn't take me more than an hour to, you know, be able to take reservations on OpenTable for my restaurant or even my chain of restaurants. So it's just one of these things where, like you said, radiology ends up being so much more complicated that it ends up pushing Timelines out further and further. What what are some of the areas of innovation that you're focused on? So it sounds like you've you've cracked the nut on scheduling. Um, do you guys do billing? So you know, once I'm in there, now you've got all the data that you need, demographics and email and everything else. So you and you know, exam what exam I took. Are you getting into billing, or what are some of the parts of the the stack that you're expanding into?
0: So in 2014, when I joined, it was hard to get anyone to speak about the internet, much less Scheduling, and they were only focused on scheduling. Fast forward 2019, now and today, they want a full package. They want you to be able to uh, receive the order. This is the exciting part. And then I text you that your order is in, and you click here to schedule the appointment. They want to be able to get the prior authorization. They want you to schedule. They want to fill out the forms. They want you to see what your copay and your estimated expense will be. They want to collect that pay, so that payment. So it's a full cycle of, of digital tools that can work with the patient from before their appointment, during their appointment, and after their appointment. So it's changed dramatically in terms of all the services being valuable as a product. And I like to use Amazon because I think they're the closest to that experience. And that's what's happening in healthcare, including... Which everyone told me I was crazy, allowing uh, referring doctors to schedule patients in real time and put orders in through Open Doctor and send them to the client. So you're engaging the radiology group, the patient, the referring doctor, and you have a cycle of interaction and an engagement that you didn't have before. I love that
1: vision, but it, you know, I think you mentioned set ten different. Companies, you know, as you talked through that, right? You know, certainly yeah. prior prior authorizations, a competitive space. Different types of technology around the order from the referring physicians is a big space. Yes. Billing is a big space. So, are you partnering with others? Are you acquiring? How do you achieve this vision? Just, yeah, just currently our,
0: our currently our model is some of it we will build ourself, i.e. the referring portal, which is the sister portal to the patient experience. and others, we find partners that we feel can add value on the revenue cycle, the prior authorization, and we build out the necessary APIs to have this all be automated. So our, our plan is let others do what they're really good at, and we'll partner with them, and we'll do what we're really good at. Because if we try to do everything ourselves it probably wouldn't work. So we're, we've taken a partner mentality.
1: Makes sense. So is you know, radiology still your core focus or have you now started to um, expand to support other verticals?
0: Uh, currently, yeah, radiology is our focus. We do have opportunities that come our way that are outside of radiology. And perhaps in 23, we'll We'll look at the cardiology space or orthopedic space. But for now, there's so much to do within radiology. Uh, that is still our focus.
1: Yeah, I know. It can be hard to resist, right? Especially when you have a customer <laughs> calling and saying, Joe, I'll give you money. Take my money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not always good to take the money.
1: Nope, nope. So 10 years into this thing, you know, what have been some of your biggest learnings as you've been building this company?
0: So we could have a whole podcast on this, uh, but I'm, I'm going to pick a few out that are my favorite, maybe because it's, it's my personality. The first one is hire great people. And that could mean a lot of things, but you want people to come in who are ready and willing to work and who have the stamina and the staying power to last in healthcare. So here at Open Doctor, I'm the first person that any candidate meets. And if they get... Through me, then they go to various team members. So we hiring, we do it the opposite way. Uh, Hiring great people that fit in and are willing to work hard is so important because this is a long and challenging journey. You're going to have ups and downs, someone once told me, every day. Sorry to cut (laughs) you off, but I've never heard of the
1: screening done in that order. And it's really clever because what you have sometimes happen is, you have all this, maybe seven people have interviewed a person, five people have interviewed a person, and they bring it to the CEO. And if the CEO doesn't like them, well, it's, you're kind of a jerk if you if you <laughs> reject them at that stage. And so you got all this sunk cost into it, right? And, and then it doesn't feel like you're supporting
0: your people and their decision.
1: But that's really, uh, really clever.
0: Yeah, it's worked for us. And again, I'm not they might not like the person i put forth and i'm not demanding they hire the person <laughs> the people that get through but right, right. i I, guess, I have a I good the, feel the for what will work and what won't work and and yeah. and it's it's challenging so that's one because hopefully your core team will be with you for a while the other thing which you brought up is focus you have to be good at one thing first before you can be good at everything and a lot of times, as you say, people come with ideas and can you do this and can you do that? So for us, we had to be really, really good at scheduling before we could move on to other areas. And don't be afraid to do that. If someone comes to you with a million dollar idea, perhaps you look at it, but all, all too often you're getting pulled in many directions and that's not a good thing. So I would say stay focused on the one thing that you do great and then go from there. The other one, which is hard for a lot of people, it's build these lasting relationships. I network every single day that I've been at Open Doctor, And I've been calling on people for six years who never returned my call. But they may, like the other day, I had two calls from people like that who are now in the job market and they were looking to do things or how could they help us? So just maintaining those relationships. Don't always think of it, oh, are they going to buy something from me? Build relationships. And people, it will help you long-term. So that's a big one. And everyone in the company should do that, not just the head of sales or the CEO. And then lastly, I think perseverance. It's not going to be quick. You can have the magic uh, serum. You can have the silver bullet. It's not going to be quick. Every day is going to be a series of ups and downs. So my advice is don't get too high. And don't get too low because healthcare is challenging. And that's why you do it because it is challenging and it is rewarding, but you just have to be consistent every day and you'll be okay. But if you get too high or too low, it's going to eat you up a little bit.
1: Sound advice, Joe. I'm going to write those ones down and put them (laughs) in the company slack later today uh, (laughs) because I think we'd all benefit from hearing it and remembering it and internalizing it as best we can. And um I really appreciate you coming on the show and chatting with me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and and sharing about open doctor and the trends in radiology technology.
0: Yes, thank you so much Daniel. I appreciate it and I love your enthusiasm for the space. So, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks
1: for listening to this episode of the Radiology Report podcast. Be sure to visit us at the radiologyreportpodcast.com or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts to join us for our next episode. We are always looking for great guests. If you have someone you'd like to hear on the show, please get in touch with us online.